When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that you can probably continue to try this. That's how it feels on the outside. Well, I think if we lose to Everton and we don't get anything at Fulham, we won't change our style, we'll change our manager. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Planet FPL Clash of the Correspondents. My name's James, and this week we're looking forward to the Saturday night football in game week 14. Firstly, let me introduce you to our Nottingham Forest correspondent, Mark Southern. Zoe, Mark? Yeah, I'm good. Frustrated after yesterday's game uh, against Brighton, but uh, I'm okay. Looking forward to another go next weekend. Good stuff. And our Everton correspondent, Sean Norton's here. How are you, Sean? Hey, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm desperately trying to find some points down the back of the couch. you never know you might find some of them and i'm still in my tottenham gear because i'm back from white art lane we are pre-recording on sunday night and we're all pointless this weekend so we're all pretty happy uh mark ordinarily i would start with you as the home team but i think elephant in the room we need to give the evertonian his say first on the points deduction give me the everton view please sean well i suppose you know, Everton's view would be that yeah, we you know we're guilty. We've we've overspent. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. And me and you have been talking for for years now about we you know we were heading into trouble. Um, but I think uh you know to get a ten point deduction for what equates to less than seven million pounds overspend over three years each season is um like incredibly incredibly harsh. All the anger from watching the game on Sunday at Goodison would feel like it's aimed at the Premier League, and that's understandable. But there, there, there's surely still internal anger with what's happened upstairs, right? Because if it had been put in order, you wouldn't be in this position, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there hasn't really been too much media reporting about, you know, since the, the, the deduction come in about sort of vindicating Evertonians for the last few years. I mean, this is this is exactly why, you know, we've we've been trying to, you know, force change at the club because, you know, the likes of Bill Kenwright, Denise Barrett Baxendale and um Grant Ingalls, the previous finance director, you know, along with Farhad Mashiri, you know, they're all they were all, you know, culpable for this. Um oh, obviously sadly Bill's passed away. You know, the other two are no longer with the football club and, and Farhad's looking to sell it. But um, that sort of anger now, you know, is is firmly directed at the Premier League for, for uh, you know, a massive. Ma- it, I mean, it's the biggest deduction in Premier League history. Um, you know, are, are we all saying that this is genuinely the the worst thing ever happened in the history of the Premier League? Um, no, I mean, when you put it like that, I think we'd probably all be in agreement and, and probably say no. My team did get a 12 point deduction, Mark, um, back in 1994. Sorry, Sean. Um, we did get away with all of it in the end. I suspect that won't be the case for you, no. but obviously it'll go to an appeal. And I think you've, you've got every chance of getting some of this back, I think, because 
there are holes, aren't there, in some yeah. of the Premier League Commission's findings, aren't there? Yeah, de- definitely. Um, the the forty one page document, um, and, and believe me, I've read it front to back quite a few times. It's you know the, the language that they use, um, it's very very contradictory. Um, so, you know, you can find you can find parts of it that infer that there was a sporting advantage gained, and then there's other sections that infer that no sporting advantage has been gained, or or, or certainly not a quantifiable sporting advantage. Um, and of course, the very nature of profit and sustainability means it's very, very difficult to to pick where the breach has actually occurred. What because it, it's it's a three year rolling period, and obviously there's the two years around COVID that have been lumped together and then averaged out. So it, it's difficult, you know, thinking of the teams who are trying to now sue Everton because they've been found guilty. It's going to be very, very difficult for anybody to to pick out sort of any specific area where the overspend has occurred, let alone what year it occurred in. Um, so, you, you know, you, you read through it and you just think, well, there's so many things that, that just smack of an overall poor process and a, and a sort of moving of the goalposts because the, the narrative was the Premier League were working with Everton because Everton were very open and transparent and trying to cooperate. And it was Everton that raised it and said, look, we think we're going to be in trouble here and, and we don't want to be. We, we want to work our way out of it. So the Premier League say, OK, well, we'll put you in special measures. We're going to approve, you know, your transfer activity. So that was happening. And I think everyone's been aware that Everton haven't been going out and splashing the cash. You know, the, the squad has noticeably got worse year on year for, for quite some time now. And it's shown in the performances on the pitch in the final positions in the league table. Yeah. You know, we we're still we're still getting punished as if as if we you know you just think well why did we bother working with the Premier League? You know, there's talk of the maximum point deduction that they could have given us was twelve points. Well, if that was the case, we'd have been better off not working with them, just carrying on spending a load more money, and we might have actually got better players in, and then we'd be able to absorb the points deduction better than we can now. Where where like you say, we've sort of diluted the squad and and, and we're struggling because of the fact that. You know, we really haven't spent much money in the last in the last few seasons. Yeah, the irony is with the spending, you not got better. And when we look no, at some of the other exactly. towards the top yeah. of the table, we could say, yeah, the spending has given them an advantage. You haven't been better off for that spending. But I get that rules have got to be in place. You must have been expecting some form of punishment. What what were you expecting? Well, the logical the logical thing for me was was that it would be um, a transfer embargo. I mean, I remember I remember it happened with Birmingham and they had a transfer embargo put in place and then he broke the transfer embargo, which I'm not even sure how you do that because, you know, how do you sign players if you're prohibited from signing them? But they did and then they got a points deduction. And I think, I think the club have got to be given the opportunity to go, well, okay, because you've got to breach it, haven't you? We come close to breaching it, but we didn't breach it. And then we have, it's known that we've breached it, but surely you've got to give, you know, there's got to be something to give them an opportunity to, to correct the ship, pull it right. And so I thought you'd probably get a, a ban on income and transfers. You'd only be like, able to sell players. And then it would be like a suspended points deduction. So if, if you know, the next financial year, if we're still over then a points deduction comes in. But even then, you know, I, I never would imagine if nine points is the deduction you get for going into administration, 
how on earth can you get deducted more for breaching PSR? Um, you know, I get people, the Premier League will say, well, we want this to be taken seriously, but that, that to me is contradictory because it doesn't stipulate, they've never stipulated what the punishment is going to be. You know, you get a red straight red card for violent conduct, you know, it's a free match ban, isn't it? Everyone knows what it is. If PSR is so important and it, and it's such a big, a big breach, if you, you know, if you spend more than 105 million, then why is there nothing wrote down to say what the punishment is? And then they compound it by referring Everton to an independent commission and then just sort of coming up with a scale that they want the commission to apply just because, you know, they've already they've referred Everton now. So it's like, how can you come up with a, a, sl- a scale after referring them? And then the commission said that they didn't use it. Yeah. But the 10 points works out perfectly to the scale that the Premier League, you know, want, wanted them to use. Yeah. And, and there was no, there was no justification whatsoever in the, in the report as to where the 10 points comes from. So I think that will be the basis or the main basis of the appeal because it, you know, I think they've got themselves into a bit of a, you know, a, a sticky situation there because it's going to be difficult for them now to retrospectively explain how they've come up with 10 points. Mark, what was your reaction as a, I was going to say neutral, but I guess you kind of are involved, right? Everton would have been in and around the same position as you at the league without the point deduction at the moment. Mm-hmm. What's your reaction as a, as a Forest fan, first and foremost? Um, well, I mean, I was shocked at the scale of it, for sure. Um, and it does make beg the question if it had been a top six side would it have been the same um first thing i thought was are we going that way as well i mean we've we've already been shy when it comes to the transfer market last couple of seasons and i know the brennan sale probably had a lot to do with the ffp situation um yeah i mean i look at it and think i didn't think Everton would be in the bottom three anyway so i, I don't look at it and think well they were going anyway. I, I, I guess I look at it and think that's Everton have got enough to fight their way out of it, given that I do still think there's a there's a gap between the promoted sides and and, and the likes of us and, and Everton. Um I think that I think you know Everton will still be all right, but it in the short term I thought, well, we're playing Everton in a couple of weeks. I don't like that because they're gonna come now with that you know that fighting spirit that they've shown all anyway, but especially away from home this season, it's going to be it's going to be amplified now, and it's going to be a very difficult game. Um, so my immediate reaction was, Everton are okay. I think they'll get themselves out of it anyway, uh, and I'm not looking forward to the City Ground encounter now because I think they're going to come with an even more determination to get three points off us, which I think is entirely possible. You take any solace in that, Sean? Oh, that's tough to stomach at the moment, but the fact that. Basically, any other year, you would have been in huge trouble. And you're obviously in trouble now anyway. You've got a chance, though, haven't you? If I said this on one of the pods we did last week, that if we'd have heard in pre-season, you'd have had the deduction. We'd have all gone, oh, they're, they're, they're dead already. It doesn't feel that way now. Well, I mean, I, I sort of I, I disagree. I, I keep hearing people, you know, sort of saying that, well, it's okay because, you know, they're still going to stay up. Um, I, th- I think I'd probably say the same thing if you know if it wasn't my club and I didn't sort of know the ins and outs as well as I do. I think I think I'd probably look at it and be saying the same thing because we've been playing quite well recently and we were picking up points. Um, but you know, there's there's not much room, there's not much margin for error. We haven't we haven't got a big squad. Um, when I look at a Forest, 
Um, I, I, you know, Mark knows them far better than I do, but I, I see like all the, the signings that they've made. Um, when I watch them or when they're missing few players, they seem to be able to cope with those lost, you know, those missing players better than, than we can. I think we've got a big drop off when, you know, if we lose like the Kure's massive for us, obviously Calvert Lewin's massive for us, Bramthwaite's massive for us, but, you know, kind of proved, you know, the last the last couple of games when Anana's not there, Garner can't quite, you know, perform at the same level. And I think all it takes is the games come thick and fast in December. You know, we all know, you know, from fantasy football, there's going to be a lot of game weeks coming up. And and I think we'll struggle with, with the schedule. And, you know, there's a five-point gap now, isn't there? And, and that's going to psychologically, you know, play on the minds of the players and, and, and in these games. So as, as much as there's, you know, an increased fighting spirit and, and determination that sort of Mark, you know, is sort of fearful of for the game next week. The same time, we're we're not very good when we go a goal a goal behind under under Sean Dyche and the sort of stats back that up. And you now I think there was a little bit of it today once Manchester United went two 0 up, and it was evident in the crowd. You know, the last sort of ten minutes, it, it emptied quite rapidly the stadium, uh, and and so I do think that those the you know those ten points, if the appeal doesn't come in, you know, in the next few weeks. Or it doesn't massively, you know, reduce the ten points because I do think we'll we'll potentially only get one or two back. I think it's going to be a real, real struggle now. And no, of course it is. Of course it is. Listen, unfortunately, at the moment you're on four points, and I agree with you. I think there's every chance you might get a point or two back. Is is probably. I think probably the best you're looking at. But either way, there's no doubt you're in trouble. I think the the point that we're making is, it wouldn't be you're in trouble. It'd be you're gone in most other seasons. Look at the points you've stayed up in the last few seasons, right? The the yeah. 10 would have taken you over the edge. That's yeah, what you're saying. You've yeah, still got a chance. No one's saying, yeah. oh, I think Everton will be safe by January. No, unfortunately, Luton's win yesterday means there's a gap, right? And it needs chasing. And the concern for you is when I look at your home games, basically up till you play Palace in game week 25, and I know your home record has, has been a problem, Newcastle, Chelsea, Manchester City, Villa, Tottenham is your next five home games. That's rough, mate. There's a collection of five home yeah. games together. The flip of that, of course, is you go to Forest, you go to Burnley, there's the reverse with Tottenham, Wolves, Fulham, there's some winnable away games. And actually, ironically, it's where most of your points have been, Sean, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the whole the whole way of playing on the dice seems to be um, to be tailored for playing away. Why is that? Well, he just seems to not be that interested in obviously keeping possession of the ball, and it, it's more about sort of attacking, attacking as as quickly, getting them up the pitch as quickly as we can. And um, we haven't got we haven't got the creative players to break teams down. And you know, when players when teams get players behind the ball, that that that's where we tend to struggle. So I think he's just trying to get those transitions, you know, increase the speed of them and. And create some 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 like similar to you know Brighton away was was the perfect example of I think how he's trying to get us to to play and it's geared it's just geared for playing away from home isn't so Mark are we expecting a bar of soap at the City Ground on Saturday like no <laughs> one wants it or he's describing our first the setup mate that's exactly it but, I, but I think we you're, tried you're trying to change right and yeah that's been, it yeah it's been part of the problem yeah I think I said it the last time I was on I. 
that that coincided with when the the window closed and Sangare arrived and Dominguez arrived and and there was a there was a growing faction amongst Forest supporters to go right. We've got the players now, Cooper. Play a more expensive, uh, expansive, attractive style of football. And I did say I feared that he would feel that pressure and change from the back three or the wing back system, which was very pragmatic but solid and 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 the platform we built we built upon and we were, we were nicking points and we did enough obviously in the first season to stay up like that it was tight it wasn't great you know it was it was too tight i i i guess but you know i i took it to be safe with one game to to spare but now we're playing the kind of football where we are more open um you know we've got good players but we're giving up opportunities and we're in a league where the teams will take those opportunities and Brighton were ruthless with us at the weekend. I mean, it's not something you, you really think about as Brighton. You, we, we, there's, there's this kind of narrative that they miss their chances. They create, they play good football, don't create a lot. And then they haven't got anyone to take their chances within well, Ferguson. They've got that player now. And Pedro played very well when he came on both their goals. They took really well. The penalty bit soft, but then we got one back, but Brighton just played around us, played through us. We, you know, we were missing Sangare. So he, he was pivotal, I think, in the decision to move to a back four, and he wasn't playing yesterday. And still, Cooper thought, "No, I'm going to persevere with the back four, even though the key figure that was, I think, behind that decision to switch wasn't on the pitch." And it showed. You know, we, I think, we should have played a back three, and I think we should play a back three against Everton. I feel much say, I feel much more secure in getting something from the game if we went into next week with Nierkarte, Bolly in the middle, and 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 Murillo on the left with wing backs, I think we would probably get a point and may even win the game. But if we go in with a back four and Everton play the way they have been away from home, we could lose that. And that's the real fear for me. Interesting you mentioned Brighton and the narrative. Because mm. in their last away game, which was Everton's last home game before the United game, they created next to nothing against you, Sean. Yeah, they um, we, we defended really, really well that game. Um, Is that partly because you got the early goal? Yeah. But then so did you, Mark, this week. Mm. So... Yeah, but we, we're not set up to defend. We're, we're set up to try and play through. But, and we, we're not as good as Brighton. It's simple as that. We were trying to go toe-to-toe with a team that are far better at playing good football than us because we've only just started going that way, whereas Brighton have had season upon season with manager upon manager playing in that way. Cooper's beginning to transition to a style there. We want the ball and we play, you know, play good passes. We switch play. We build progressively. And we will probably try that against Everton. And what Sean's saying, that's going to play right into their hands, basically. Is it not a case, though, Mark, that because of Everton's point deduction and the three teams that have come up and the difficulty they're finding, does it not feel like if you're going to transition, this is a really good time to try and do it? Yeah. Like None, none of us are sitting here now thinking you're going to be in trouble, despite the fact, since you tried to change your style and won at Chelsea in game week four, you've won one game. And the game you won was against Villa, which was a little bit more like what we saw for the majority of last season with Forest. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I was infused by the Villa result. I thought, okay, it's going to work. And maybe with Sangawe yesterday, we would have we would have had um, we'd have got something. But um, I mean, he's our record signing. He's key. He's going to be a key, right? And while he hasn't stood out, I think he he's done things that you, you. He's one of those players when he's not there, you miss him, right? You can see you can see what he adds. Um, yeah, I mean, I think with time and another window, it's going to be okay. But we're not there yet, and um, I think the, I think we're opening ourselves up to teams and and 
teams that play in a style that we used to, which is like minimum possession and catch, you know, transition quickly, which is what Sean just described, they will have some joy against us. Um, so I'm worried. I'm worried going into Saturday now because I think that Everton are going to be set up to exploit what currently is now a weakness for us, which is that we're not as good on, with the ball. We don't take care of the ball as well as a team like Brighton. We just don't. Not many teams do. And you need to be at that's another level. That's probably two or three more windows before we're at that level. My concern as a Forest fan is I want to get to those two or three windows as a Premier League team. So I'd rather have persevered with the more pragmatic style, see this season through, have another summer where we could add to the squad and then think about it. Whereas I think we've just gone that little bit early and we're running the risk of getting dragged in. I think we'll be okay. I think you're right, but it still means we're going to be we're going to have another season like the last one, I think, for very different reasons. But but in terms of trying to change the style, there's no panic. That's that's what I mean. You're you're not sitting there thinking, well, if we keep losing, then and obviously, listen, if you keep 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 losing, then sure. But you're picking up enough points across the board that you can probably continue to try this. That's how it feels on the outside. Well, I think if we lose to Everton and we don't get anything at Fulham, we won't change our style. We'll change our manager. That big. I, I, I think that I my read of this situation is that when Sangare came in, when we got the players that we did, the change in formation, the change in style, there must have been a pressure to do that. Because I, I, I think, for me personally, it came too early. I would have liked us to have seen a more gradual progression towards that. We changed immediately like that for the Burnley game and we struggled to get a point in that game. And ever since then... I think, yes, the Villa game was good. That was an example of that. But Villa didn't turn up that day, to be honest. I don't want to read too much into that in terms of our performance versus theirs. I think it's a bit 50-50. I think that the more progressive style, there's some kind of pressure to play that, I think. And I think that the we know Marinakis is not a patient owner. And I, I do worry that if we lose both the next two, there's going to be real pressure. You say that, I mean, in fairness, a lot of us on the outside fought twice, two different occasions last year. That City's finished Cooper and they stuck with him, right? Yeah, but even might... at the end of the season, he spoke about like his pride yeah. in the fact that they stuck with Cooper. But what I saw on Saturday was a team that was incredibly well coached and versed in the way of playing. They knew exactly how to play like that. We looked like a team that was transitioning to a new style and we weren't anywhere near ready yet. Um, and so. I think Marinac has to look at it and go, it's about the coaching now. I've got the players on the pitch. The coaching's not strong enough or it's not getting instilled in those players quick enough. That's my fear. It's not going to be out of, oh, we're going to get relegated. It's going to be, it's, it's not happening quick enough. The transition to a more expansive style of play that's going to get us in the top 10, that's going to get us Europa League. It's not happening quick enough. And I think, I, I'm quite happy to be patient. I want Cooper to stay and let's give him another couple of seasons. I'm not Marinakis, and we know how impatient he is. What's the, and I know you've always been a big supporter of of keeping Cooper on board, even when it was looking really dark at certain points last year. What what's the vibe amongst the general Forest fans? Are they would most still stick with him? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I surround myself with people who think the same way I do, who who are patient and feel that we've you know that we'll happily take another couple of seasons in the Premier League before we push on to the top ten, which is what the overall aim is. Of course, I buy into that. I want that. I don't I don't want to risk reaching for it overnight and putting ourselves in a relegation battle. And and I think Cooper's brought so much to the club, he deserves time and he deserves that patience. And he didn't need another couple of windows, I think. I don't think he just, you know, give him Sangari, give him Dominguez and a few other players like Hudson Adoy, who's 
he's a good player, but let's not forget we lost Brennan. I think it's it was a big ask to kind of put pressure on him to change our style overnight. But I do I can only deduce there was some pressure from somewhere to do that. Sure. Does that surprise you hearing that that Cooper might be under pressure? Yeah, it does. To be honest, um, I I I thought you know credit you know credit credit to Forest because it, it did look early on last season like he was going to go, didn't it? Um, and I thought, you know, they, they were very brave to, to stick with him and it, you know, it worked out. I mean, Forrest's home record, um, if I'm not mistaken, is, is pretty outstanding. I, I saw the other day that, I mean, I know they obviously lost at the weekend, this weekend, but before then, very, very rarely the Forest lose at home. But obviously the problem is away from home, similar to how Everton have been in, in recent seasons, they struggle to get to get the victories, sort of like, like Mark Mark's talking about, you know, investments into the squad and the need these owners they do they want us they want to see a, an immediate sort of upturn in, in, in performances, don't they, as as well as results. And you know, we've seen it with Moshiri. You get an owner that's got a itchy trigger finger. I've just I've just seen there, I think Forrest have only won one in like nine. So, you know, if we did manage to avoid defeat and then and then they don't win at Fulham. You know, would have be would have been massively surprised if it then saw Steve Cooper's got the sack. You know, when I, you look I, at the overall context, I, I don't think I don't think most fans would be. That's interesting. I, I'd take it your manager's not under any pressure during all this, Sean. No, most of the outside would think he's the right man to get you through this. Yeah, he's the only sort of stable thing at the football club, and it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, don't, I think it's like last on the. The, the list of problems at the club at the minute is Sean Dyche. I get the vibe he pisses you off sometimes, though. Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. Go on. <laughs> he does. He does. Just, uh, I don't know, just, just find, like, I mean, we, we know we haven't got a big a big squad full of lots of quality, but, I mean, you know, today was a case in point. Um, you know, Ashley Young gets booked, like, as, as he normally does after 20 minutes. And, um, Take, just take him off. Take him off at half time. You know, you got Patterson and Coleman on the bench. Well, nobody does not does he? And then who gives the penalty away? You know, Ashley Young, and it, and it, he seems to have a fixation on on underperforming players. And it's Young at the minute. It was Michael Keane last season, and I don't know. It just doesn't endear him to to people like yourself that have seen much, much better Everton teams than who, what we're currently watching. Who, who is your best right back? Could Coleman come back in against Forrest then? Oh, yeah. If he, yeah, Shames. I, I tweeted this before. I can't believe it's 2024 nearly and I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to see Seamus Coleman play. Says it all. <laughs> Young, unfortunately, as soon as he gets booked, I mean, we obviously saw him get sent off at Anfield, but as soon as he gets booked, you think that vibe, you think, I don't know if he can hold himself. Uh, and Patterson, unfortunately, looks like the complete opposite. Whereas at least Young has the experience. Patterson does look really inexperienced. So I, I was be as Coleman wasn't used today. I would have thought he wouldn't start at Forest. Mark, I, is Anthony Alanga about to make that position his own on that side of the pitch? Well, it's interesting because Arsenal Doy came off the bench and he looked very good. Um, I think he's got to start. I think if we're going to be a play more expansive against Everton and say, well, we're going to try and play football, we're going to go be front foot, you play both of them. You play you play Alanga and you play Hudson-Odoi. 
and um you know what you're describing there is Everton have got some issues at fullback um yeah we we can call some problems out wide I think um Alanka's, Alanka's scored in the last two yeah yeah zero he's been getting a little bit of love yeah yes but for me Hudson and is a far more rounded player um Alanga's end product is erratic he brings pace obviously he, he can finish I mean you know he's taking his goals well but it only took 10 minutes of Hudson Adoy to see that what he does he takes the pressure off Gibbs White because Hudson Adoy can pick a pass he's got vision he does he does some things well that are he takes risks with the ball and and 50 percent of the time it comes off um and normally that's all on Gibbs White it's like yeah this move's going to break down and come to nothing unless the ball ends up at Gibbs White's feet when Hudson Odoi is on the pitch, we've got a couple of players who can do it. Alanga's not that. Alanga is like get him, get him running at the fullback, get him behind the defence. Then, then we see what he can do. He does stretch the play, and he allows us, you know, to Toflo's quite effective with him because we've seen a few times him Alanga stretching the play, cutting it back, Toflo delivering. That'll be the formula with Wood Wood in the side. But I like Hudson Odoi a lot. I think he's got a start against Everton. So. It'd be interesting to see what he does with Gibbs White because Gibbs White at the weekend he played he brought Hudson Doyle on he played Gibbs White in the ten and he and he lost Dominguez and Danilo so I wonder if he'll go with that with Tengawe and Mangala behind I hope he does because if we're going to be front foot let's go for it. So if you want to invest in one of them Forest to say midfield three, Gibbs White, Alanga, Hudson Doyle, what would you say to people? Because I'd say why as well, Mark. Obviously, mm. a lot of people were wild card in nineteen. I've got you top of my FDR in the next five. Yeah, so people good... are looking at you. It's got to be Gibbs White if he's going to play central. If if he's going to play where he ended up last twenty, and he was brilliant. He was brilliant for us again. His work rate, his tenacity, his desire. He's he's our best player, but it doesn't always come off for him. And we've just got to show patience when it does. He makes some bad decisions sometimes, gives the ball away sometimes, but his effort and talent is undoubted. I want to get him more on the ball where he can hurt players. I mean, like teams I mean but teams will come to the ground and he's the player they're going to fear so we've got to get him on the ball and so I hopefully we get him playing central against Evan it feels like how you've been playing has not been suitable to him no. on a whole no not getting the ball enough to him in areas he can affect the play but if you move him into a 10 position are you not just going even more offensive than what you have been yeah but then we've got to go, well, we're better than this team. We're going to score more goals than them. If that's the attitude, let's do it. Let's, let's not do it in half measures. Um, because I think if we don't do that, we'll lose the game to Everton. The, the Planet FPL fourth wheel, Clayton Fernandez, has had Gibbs White for I know. months. And he messaged me Saturday night about, oh, I've got to return. Obviously, he hasn't been messaging me much for the last couple of months because I keep digging him out. But I, he's got to stick with him now, hasn't he? He's got to this point. Yeah, and and I think I, I think it could be Hudson Doy coming back. Either we will drop Chris Wood and Gibbs White will play down the middle, which is highly possible, or we'll go for it and play Gibbs White as a ten with Sangawi and Mangala behind. It'll be one of those two, I think. So Chris Wood four point nine forward. He's also going to get a little bit of attention, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I I just think though the Hudson Doy return is a complication I didn't expect. We thought he was some weeks away. Well, that's because Cooper um, told us that he was. Yeah, I know. Way. That's that's what your manager does, Mark. The yeah. him and Eddie Howe have each other on speed dial. Do you know? Or... <laughs> it's not good, is it, from an FPL perspective? I mean, I saw this in the championship. Yeah, I, I think Wood will probably start against Everton, and he'll probably Cooper will probably be cautious and play Gibbs White on one flank and Alanga or Hudson Odoi on the other. He'll probably he'll probably start with Alanga again and bring Hudson Odoi on. 
I hope he doesn't. I hope he goes for it from the start. I mean, when you look at the five fixtures for him, if we thought he was going to play the five games, Everton at home, Forest away, Wolves away, Tottenham at home, Bournemouth at home, wild card off it. When you turn into like Newcastle away, United, Brentford, Arsenal. So you can get on it. It's particularly one for the wild cards and you can get off and it'll facilitate things. So I'll give you an example. Like I'm a non-Mo Salah owner at the moment. I can go Sun to Salah and if I sell Wally Watkins, I've got 4.9. Would you do that? You you go Watkins to Solanke or something, would you? And... No, so it would be Sun to Salah. Oh, to Wood. Watkins to Wood. And <laughs> with with the caveat that I wouldn't have to play him either. Yeah. I can I mean, pick and choose. He's got the Bournemouth game 18, hasn't he? I think I'd want to see the Everton game and see what happens. See what, what Hudson Adoy changes. Um, Wood did okay on Saturday and he was basically sacrificed in the second half because we, we didn't have a good first half. I think had he stayed on when Hudson Adoy came on, it would have been quite handy. But Rigi did all right when he came on. I think I think Wood will start the Everton game, but if he does, if he's not effective and he draws a blank, then I think Gibbs White down the middle is not far away. Surely for Wood and Origi, we think what we're doing here, the talisman Avenue is out for months. We let's compete with each other. Like to be honest, I wouldn't I, with Wood, I would I would already use the caveat and say, I don't think he's a certain starter for a number of weeks because you've got Origi there. You're saying Gibbs White could play there as well. Surely the idea would be to play one of the two, wouldn't it? I, yeah, but I think away from home, he might try playing Gibbs White down the middle and the two wide players around him, and then Gibbs White dropping back. A bit like the under-21s with Palmer and Gordon, the role he played there. I wouldn't be surprised if Cooper does that at Fulham. Probably needs another player to do it with him, though, with Gibbs White. I mean, the two you referenced there obviously did it together. I certainly know Andy Gordon was playing it with another. I know Palmer was always in that role for the under-21s. I could see Gibbs... In fact, Gibbs White was playing it with, with Gordon, wasn't he? Sorry. So yeah. but he was playing it with another. They were taking it in turns to, to drop shorts yeah. rather than him just do it on his own as a, yeah, a false I, nine, if you will. Yeah, I and I, I don't know. I just think that Wood will start the event game, but then we go to Fulham. I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, we change it up for that. We we go with a false nine there. I wouldn't need to start him, no, Mark. No, no, so he's good. Yeah, I mean, and, and Bournemouth at home is probably a, a game he will start in 18. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think, I still think it's a good bet. I think he, you know, he, he was unfortunate at the weekend. We didn't play well in the half he got. And he has looked a lot better this season. And also we've looked more likely to create for him with wingers in the side and Toffolo in the side at fullback. So I think he'll get some joy. But um, he's probably only got the Everton game before we change it up, I think. Sean, any Everton FPL players at the moment? No, the fixtures are too um, shit, crap, aren't they? Yeah, sadly, they are. But Dom's fit. At least he's getting minutes in the in the bank. Five point eight certainly falls into line if you're looking for a forward at around about that price. Surely, I mean, I'd rather have Calvert Lewin in my team than than Wood in all honesty, even with your more difficult fixtures. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I had a little look at. I had a little look at. Maybe bringing Dom into mine, um, but you're not you're not going to get that. We, we struggle we're, we're struggling to get you know service to him and you know to get him shooting at goal. Uh, he's he's more sort of involved in the build up, you know, holding the ball up, laying it off, flicking it on. So I don't I don't think he's a FPL option. 
certainly not one that I'd be touting for people okay. to get onto. What about a comparison, say, to Corey Harrison at 5.5? Because I think there was a little bit of investment in the two a couple of weeks ago from a, a minority, admittedly. Do you have a preference between the two? Because I'd said still to Corey at that point, just because of his position and how close he's getting to Calvert Lewin. Yeah, I think Harrison's a, a more rounded footballer than Decore, but D- Duke's just he, he he knows where to be and when to be there, doesn't he? He has, he has that great habit of uh, popping up in the right place at the right time, and, and he's such a strange footballer because his, his passing generally is is dreadful, but every now and then he, he picks out some sublime passes, and um, the one at Crystal Palace that he that he played through but, to yeah, Garner, for Garner Gaze, just, go, yeah. Yeah, and it, he's done it a few times this season. He just he just has it in his, you know, you know, in his locker to be able to pick out, you know, a peach of a pass. But you know, generally it's passing garbage. Um, but he'd be the one. I think he he would be the one if I was gonna, if I was gonna punt on an attacking player, he'd be the one. Yours is the opposite though, in the sense that in eighteen for say nineteen wildcards, obviously you go to Tottenham in eighteen, which on paper. Is a tough fixture, but for the offensive guys, I mean, we even even once Romero's back, I promise you, we'll still give every team in this league a chance in every single game. Yeah. So it wouldn't be the worst ones necessarily to hang on to. If you were on, would you advise selling or is it a keep? I think there's a there's, I, I just think there's better there's better better options around that sort of price. Um. I mean, Douglas Louise, Douglas Louise keeps ticking over, doesn't he? Really nice. He does, in fairness. Despite, yeah. despite Andy convinced that he was going to dry off. Um, Thanks for reminding and... me. Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we survived most of this podcast without digging me out. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Should have got 12 yeah. points, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Defensively, though, oh, you've got a gem, though. No. Seriously. Um, Jared Brantway, uh, I need a left-footed centre-back, Sean, and you you need money to comply with FFP. Can we talk? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Now, he is in... I do have Jared Brantway. I've got him in my... Um, I actually played him today. I was um, This weekend, I was a bit desperate for defensive cover because um, I've got Dan Byrne and um, Simicast. Um, they didn't fancy away at City, so I played I played Jared. I was hoping we were going to grind out a 1-0 win or something like that, but... Um, the boy, the boy's good. I mean, I did say pre-season. I did say that it, you know, even if Keane started, it wouldn't be long until Bramfwaite got got in, and then he'd stay in. You know, he is a the lad's a class act. He must be kicking himself, Dyche, that he didn't just go with him in game one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but of the this, results this, you had earlier. Yeah, on. yeah. This, this is the thing about like what just sort of irks me a little bit about Dyche because he has, he does have his um, you know, his favourites that he likes to. To, to to stick with no matter what and um I think it was pretty clear there was no good reason to 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 start Michael King. But but in all you know in his in his defense Bramford did have a an injury during preseason that he only just sort of got over towards the back end of it. So maybe it was it was more to do with that. Any love for Mikalenko scored in the previous two and hit the bar. Yeah he hit the bar against today. United as well. Any love for him at four point four? Seems to be a little bit of an output increase from him. Yeah, again, if you know, if the fixtures if the fixtures are a bit better, then 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 unbelievably, yeah, I I, I would. Um, he he seems to have. He's the one that 
out of the two fullbacks, there just seems to be a case of as soon as we this fast transition and that I was talking of earlier, it's as soon as we get the ball, it's almost like he's got license to just bomb on. And if he basically if he can get in the box quicker than Dwight McNeil and the McNeil who isn't quick anyway, but McNeil then fills in the left back. So he's got license to just run past McNeil without having to worry about defensive responsibility. And whilst he doesn't look the most cultured of fullbacks, he, he seems to make it work. You know, but that that is a cracking the shot that at the crossbar was a was a peach. Would there be any chance, in your opinion, once Coleman's reintegrated and if he is, that Young moved back to left back? No, 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 no. Mikalenko, yeah, Mikalenko, he'll stay left back. Okay. If you were going to buy one, you pay the extra for Mikalenko or just go Brent for it? Yeah, I go Mikalenko, yeah. Okay. Mark, I'm getting regular questions on the weekly now because of this run. Which one's the best Forest defensive one? And you know what, you know what they all want to know with that, don't you? Which one's going to play every game? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it, Toflo's the obvious choice if he was certain to play because he's got the delivery and he was on some set plays at the weekend for the first time. So he was taking some corners. But Hudson if Hudson always starts, then he'll get the majority of those. He'll probably get them back off Toffolo. And he's not a certain starter because Uriah can always come in at right back and Aina switch over. Mirello is a special player, though. I mean, just like Everton have got Bramfway again at the weekend. He's like. His range of passing is crazy. There's no way we're going to hold on to him. He'll he'll be gone in the summer because I think that he'll show enough over the rest of the season where a big, big side will come in for him. He, he's just ridiculous on the ball and his passing is just different level. So he, he's a bit... If you look at the role that Anderson plays for Crystal Palace, those diagonal balls, it's like that, plus one, really. His range of passing is like... We, We'd, every time we're trying to build from the back, we just get the ball to Murillo and let him pick a pass and he can spray it all over the place. Um, so I love him because he's only, he's, he's going to get a couple of returns in the next in this run, I think, just from those long balls. Um, so I think I would probably go for him on the basis that Toflo's probably not nailed on. Now that he's got, because there was a little bit of concern that he might have picked up an issue at West Ham, now that we know he's played again, I agree with you. He's definitely playing. How quick is he, by the way? He's quick enough. He's deceptive because he's quite a, a unit, isn't he? And he's yeah, not, he, he, he doesn't, doesn't look cool. like he should be. Yeah, but you saw the tackle on Jal Pedro at the weekend where he kind of didn't go full tilt. He just like had that burst got and got the tackle. Yeah. Um, so he's not getting caught. Um, so he's a, he's an impressive defender, but he's just like ball playing centre backs. I mean, Branfrey is one. Branfrey's got a great left foot and he and he looks comfortable on the ball. Murillo similar very obviously young raw but incredible on the ball um so you know for that those qualities are much sought after i just can't see him staying if if we have him next season i'll be very surprised i'll, I'll add him to the list mark but I, I reckon we'll go to everton because we know we can get 20 million discounts don't we sure <laughs> yeah we ain't selling murillo cheap but you might be lucky with brown freight yeah that is the worst thing in the report mate oh we valued richarlison at 80 million there on drugs mate <laughs> There was there was lots of stuff in that report that was um, <laughs> that was that was laughable. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that that was um, that was probably my second biggest lol when I read the report. Um, but the biggest was when Benitez took over from Ancelotti, um, and we signed basically no one. They um, budgeted to finish sixth. Six. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we laughed about this last week as well. I don't know how that idea came about when you. 
Tottenham and Arsenal had finished seventh and eighth the year before, yeah. and you, you yeah. still finished below yeah. both of them. And West Ham and Leicester were up there, so I don't know where budgeting for six had, had come from. No, but he, in serious as Mark, he, he does look a very good player. Nia Catty's obviously got the favouritism over Bolly at the mm. moment. I'd said to a few people, Nia Catty at the weekend, I thought was pretty safe to go to if people wanted to because of the little doubts about Murillo. But a lot of the feedback I was getting was that people wanted to go for Aina. That feels yeah. a bit dangerous, though. Would that be fair? A little bit, because Uriah could come in. But I think Aina's probably more secure than Toflo. I think he either plays right or left. Um, because we've got Nico Williams as, as an option as well. I mean, it's that Fulham game, isn't it? When we go there in 15, it's midweek, and we could see some rotation. Much depends on how the Everton game goes. If we manage to get three points, then I think we might rotate a little bit at fullback for the Fulham game. Um and as I said, we might even go false nine and rest wood for that game as well. But if we lose against Everton or only get a point, we'll we'll probably go full strength at Fulham as well and and try and get try and get a result which would be a point really at the cottage. So much depends on that on Saturday's games. Yeah, I've got other players that we forget that can play in the fullback roles though, right? Williams, Montiel, Nuno Tavares yeah. is fit again. I think. Yeah, we've got too many. I mean, we've got so many fullbacks. I really thought we were going to play three at the back with wingbacks, hence. The amount of fullbacks we would need to rotate that because when you're playing wingbacks, you need to you need to get minutes you know, minutes on in the legs and and rotate during games with the five subs. But now we're playing the back four. We've just got too much there. We just you know I don't I don't some some people have got to go in January, haven't they? Otherwise, it's, it looks a bit silly. The the other curveball in terms of investing in Forest assets, maybe for the centre backs. I don't think for Murillo, maybe for Niakate. Felipe's close, isn't he? He is. I think Felipe's being saved for the uh, AFCON situation when Minicate goes. So right, okay. uh, we're going to see Felipe in until then. All right, cool. Gents, pleasure. Thank you both so much. As ever, we will end with a correct score prediction. Mark, you're the home team. Fire away. Uh, I'm going to go two all. <laughs> sure. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Two, two. What's the score last year? Brennan Johnson scored twice, Mark. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was a good game, actually. And, and one thing, we got caught on a set piece. Decore scored, didn't he, Sean? Do you remember? And Tarkovsky pulled off and edited it back across and Decore just, you know, it flicked yeah. it in. It's set pieces. We look terrible at set pieces at West Ham, so I really worry about that. And I really worry that we're going to have a lot of the ball and play into Everton's hands. So I think it's going to be a good game. I think Everton have looked good away from home and have posed problems. And I think that we'll probably play an attacking team. So I think it'll be an open game. It's on telly as well, isn't it? And then yeah. we've we got Raptors event afterwards in Nottingham. And it's my birthday the next day. So I'll take a point. <laughs> nice. Nice. Plug that. Where's Raptors event? Saturday morning? It's, it's, oh God, I've, I've got to bring the venue up. You need to give me a few minutes. I can't remember oh, the... Oh, uh, you do that. And I'll, I'll yeah. remind you as well. Did Brennan Johnson not score at Goodison Park last year as well? He did. Yeah, did, yeah. Yeah, and then we gave away a silly goal. While you're looking for that venue, can you give me a bit more encouragement on Brennan Johnson and tell me that he's not going to be a waste of money like Richardson? No, yeah, I thought he looks all right today. Did you not think? Um, I I think he is blowing mad heavy an hour in. Oh, his fitness levels are so far off right. expectation. Yeah, that's that, possible, that's my concern. Right? Now, obviously, yeah, he... he's had injury problems and that's not helped. And you're obviously going into a very different style of football from what yeah. you've been accustomed to but fitness wise he looked miles off it late in games he did he did for rapid us. though my god he, he's yeah. quick he he did for us last 20 minutes he used to fade big time 
Um, and um, we had to take, we took him off with 10, 15 to go in a lot of games where we, we, we didn't need his, his, his finishing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you'll see that. And, and he, he has parts in games where he just drifts away. Like he goes 20 minutes without, you don't even notice him. So you've got to be patient with him, but he's got end product. Um, so, yeah, the blind rabbit, it's at NG1, 2GB, 12 o'clock start. I'll be there after the game, so I'll be there late. But um, Good yeah, stuff. Well, there was an 8 o'clock game as well this weekend, isn't there? Newcastle and Manchester yeah. United this weekend as well. Enjoy if you're going to that in Nottingham. I'll be on yeah. Sunday trying to find my way to Manchester for my next beating. Sean, anything you want to plug before you go? Uh, no, just um, if you want to follow my rants about Everton, spirit underscore blues on X. If people want a bit of further reading on the Everton version of what's happening with the points deduction, are there any good Twitter accounts that are worth a, a follow? Yes, yes. There's um, the Ask and Mikey Gow. Um, they're both both excellent. Um, there's plenty of stuff on both of their feeds on X. Um, all sorts of information that that you know isn't readily available to people through the likes, you know, Sky Sports, etc. Good stuff. Yeah, no, worth a look. Both good accounts, actually. Uh, Mark, you do this thing, don't you? <laughs> yeah, just just black. Box, yeah, come come along and watch some bits on black box. We're doing more this season. I'm doing I'm doing these walkabout videos. I don't know if you've seen any, James, but I did a bit. I did. I, a- did, I, I watched the one after you came to our live event, mate. Yeah, it was cracking, actually. Good, good format. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. So yeah, just just come and see what we're up to on Black Box. That's fine. Just in, if you want to subscribe, you can. But don't worry if not. And I just want to say. Um, Best of luck, Sean, for the rest of the season after 10 points. And uh, obviously that should only start after Saturday, though. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. You don't wish him luck back, though, will you? He, he no. needs every help he can no. get. <laughs> That's all right. I'll take it um, Wednesday night, Mark, for Black Box, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. We'll be we'll be on on Wednesday, and I'll probably do a Friday show with Andy. Was, is this regular Friday now? We yeah, have? yeah. I like the late tackle. It's kind of like... I. I Normally Friday night is when I do my transfers and I, you know, I go into the data a bit before, before the Saturday deadline. So I, I thought, well, let's just do a little stream and keep it informal, a bit more relaxed and I'm really enjoying them. Good stuff. Thank you both so much. Uh, I suppose I better go for two too. Mark, Sean, FFScout underscore Mark uh, and Spirit underscore Blue. has got another COTC for you this Thursday as well. West Ham versus Crystal Palace with Chris Stone and Rory McLaughlin-Dowd. Sean will be back with me. For, uh, Sean, I wish it was Sean rather than Surge will be back with me for the Sky Fantasy Football Podcast tomorrow. Cheers, gents. Good luck this weekend. Cue music, please. Man sharp. Sports Social Podcast Network.